It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 230? 229? I think it's 229 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, November 17th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. The show is on Twitter as well at Locked On Raptors. You can find me where you can find links to every single episode. Oh, guys, you are in for a show today. Locked On Raptors is also part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which shows team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams, as well as Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd and Locked On NBA with David Locke, and those are all together on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. Go there, find shows that you like, leave ratings, leave reviews, all that good stuff. If you're listening to a podcast today, you want to learn about the Raptors' opponent tonight, the New York Knicks, listen to Locked On Knicks. Uh, James Marceda, the guy does an NBA Injury Report, hosts that show as well, does a great job, so make sure you're checking it out. Um, and you can find our show as well, Locked On Raptors on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review. It's very helpful. You're a nice person if you do it. I very much appreciate it. It helps to move us up the rankings, helps people discover the show. Uh, it's a wonderful thing for you to do. Um, so, yeah, please do that, as I've asked you 229 times now. Uh, all right, on today's show, uh, sorry I didn't have an episode yesterday. I was at the Hoop Talks thing in Toronto, so I uh, just I didn't have time to do one between work and going out to Toronto to do the thing. So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the game that took place on Wednesday night when the Raptors beat the Pelicans. That was great. That was a fun game. Uh, we'll also touch on uh, the injuries that are kind of building up for the Raptors right now, and we'll get into how the Raptors might sort of work around the injuries they have, and uh, I asked for some mailbag questions. I got one, maybe some more will trickle in over the course of my time recording. I asked short notice, but you guys got to be quicker on the trigger, man. Always be ready with mailbag questions, because uh, sometimes I'm lazy and want you to make my content for me, but whatever. We're here to talk about the Raptors. We're going to talk about the win on Thursday. Or Wednesday, whatever the hell day it was. I'm all over the place this week. As you can tell from the beginning of this podcast. Uh, so yeah, the Raptors beat the Pelicans 125-116. Back-to-back games against the Rockets and Pels. They scored 125. The Rockets had won six games in a row coming in. The Pelicans have won five of six. Their one loss coming against the Raptors. Now they've lost two against the Raptors in the last seven. Uh, it's, a, it's a very nice back-to-back set of wins for the Raptors. Honestly, I can't remember a better set of back-to-back wins for, for the Raptors in a while. I mean, you know, they've had back-to-backs before, tough back-to-backs, but this one was really impressive, and 
you know, the, the, the Pelicans game, for some reason, the Raptors do a really good job against Boogie and, and, and Anthony Davis, and I don't really get it. They're like one of the few teams that's been able to figure them out this season, and they've done so with Jonas Valanciunas and Serge Ibaka, who have not looked good together defensively. It, essentially, every other game aside from the one against the Pelicans, or both against the Pelicans, so good good on them for playing really well. Valanciunas is like good Myers Leonard, in that he can get under the skin of... Uh, of DeMarcus Cousins and also be good and actually like have effective games against him and not just completely get owned. Um, so that's nice. And yeah, and you know, Boogie was pretty frustrated with, with Valanciunas by the end of the game. He was frustrated with him in like the first five minutes of the game, shooting him daggers uh, for whatever, I guess, you know, there was the thing last week where uh, Boogie blamed one of the turnovers he got in that first game last Thursday on, you know, on JV flopping. And JV responded by saying he doesn't know. He's never flopped in his life. Uh, and then maybe there was some perceived flopping or something like that in the game on Wednesday. I don't know. But JV pisses off Boogie, and that's great. Um, Boogie's still amazing, and he had a really nice night overall, I think. You know, pretty big stat line. But but overall, not the most effective night you'll see from Boogie. Just 25-9-5. and five. He had four steals, but... Uh, they did a good job keeping him a check. And then Anthony Davis, I mean, just 8 of 15, 19 points. I'm not sure why he's not finding his shots against the Raptors the way he normally would. Uh, you know, he's you'd figure he'd kind of blow by Serge Ibaka pretty much whenever he wants, but that hasn't really been the case. Uh, the Raptors' other bigs have done a pretty good job as well. Jacoperto, Pascal Siakam, and the like. Um, and I guess we can get into those guys. I mean, the young guys in this game were incredible. Fred Van Vliet, you know, he, I think, is going to, we're going to talk about Fred Van Vliet. He's going to have a lot more importance going forward, but he played a really nice game. There were a couple times where he was the benefactor of DeMarcus Cousins just forgetting to play defense or not wanting to play defense. Got to the rim for a couple drives and uh, and just laid it in pretty easily because no one was around or, or cared to stop him. Uh, but still, 10 points uh, on four of six shooting for Fred, two threes as well on two attempts. He was great. Kyle Lowry broke 20 points. Like, fuck yeah, Kyle Lowry breaking 20 points. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to happen all season long. Pardon my, my, my French, but the fact that he went 20, 22 points, 4 of 10 shooting was one assist away from a triple-double. I think he's back. Like, there's no reason to think he's not back at this point. He has been uh, really good for the last little while here, probably like five or six games in a row that he's played very Kyle Lowry games just without the crazy scoring totals. Uh, but I think Kyle Lowry's fully back. His burst looks completely there. He's blowing by dudes. He's getting transition layups. He had a couple pull-up threes, which we haven't seen very much of. The fact that he attempted 10 threes was also wonderful to see. He got six free throws, like... The very peak of Kyle Lowry was that game against the Pelicans, and I think it's going to mean good things going forward. And again, the Raptors are going to need Lowry and Van Vliet especially to be really good because DeLon Wright went down in that game. Uh, it really sucks for DeLon Wright, man. He it was a very awkward injury. I think on the camera, it looked like the most innocuous injury I've ever seen that could potentially be really serious and derail a guy's season. He kind of went up. He was like kind of reaching around to try to poke a ball free from, I think, Boogie Cousins. And just got his arm stuck in a weird spot and dislocated his shoulder. Uh, not really an update just yet. They're still waiting for tests from the MRI, I suppose, to see exactly what the prognosis is going to be. But... Uh, the DeLon Wright injury sucks, and he's going to be out for a while. It's the same shoulder he had separated uh, last season where he missed six months with surgery, and obviously that was just a big sort of dent in his development. Now you're looking at, you know, first of all, it's really stupid to try to predict what injuries are. There was a lot of, you know, on Twitter like, oh, that's the same in the shoulder he's hurt before. He's It's probably going to be serious. Like, we don't know shit. You don't, we don't know if it's going to be serious. Uh, so, like, jumping to conclusions about it, it seems pretty stupid. Um, let's just wait till the team passes down some sort of verdict on what it is before we get it up in arms. Maybe it's something that's not quite as serious. We have no idea. Um, but, you know, it sucks. It's a, it's a real bummer for DeLon. And if this does end up being a worst-case scenario where he misses, 
you know, I don't know, six months or whatever it is, like the same he missed for the last time. That's a lot of time of his rookie deal you're missing out on. So you don't have an, as much information as you'd like going into an offseason where DeLon Wright is going to be up for an extension. And this is getting way ahead of it because he could be back next week. We have no idea. Um, but just that's something to keep in mind. If he misses an extended period of time, you're really looking at like, not much of a first season, just like a bit at the tail end of last season and the start of this year is the only time we've really seen DeLon Wright play and get regular minutes. And that's a lot. That's not a lot to go off of when you're looking at a next contract for him. So, you know, that could maybe benefit the Raptors in terms of, you know, maybe there's a lesser price tag for him. That would suck a lot for DeLon. And I'm not rooting for that whatsoever because I want DeLon to get paid because um, he deserves to. And maybe that'll just be the situation where they don't extend him and just wait till after his fourth year, give him a qualifying offer or whatever, or see if they can negotiate an extension then um but yeah it's uh it's a bummer for delon right it really sucks and uh i'm really hoping the raptors can uh can pull through but it's going to be hard because delon wright's been good he was really good on tuesday against the, the rockets he was fantastic uh was playing late minutes and you know he i think he's going to be one of the guys who kind of shuffles in and out of, of crunch time minutes when he's playing uh and when he's healthy so fred van vliet there's a lot on him now to play much better than he has this season he had really good signs in that game against the Pelicans, but he's going to have to keep it up because without DeLon Wright, the Raptors suddenly aren't as deep at point guard. You know, no Corey Joseph now. Uh, Lorenzo Brown, I watched him play actually for the D-League team on Tuesday, and he was really good. Uh, he's kind of the, the DeMar DeRozan of that team, except he's handling the ball a little bit more. Um, you know, we think he put up like 27, 8, and 6 or whatever it was uh, when I watched him on Tuesday. Like, he's been, you know, kind of the, the head of that team so far. So maybe he gets a call up. He's on a two-way deal, of course, so maybe we'll see that if there's a prolonged absence for right um but yeah until then i guess don't jump ahead don't jump to conclusions i suppose uh even though i just kind of did and, and just sort of analyzed the worst case scenario but i think it's it's probably smart for everybody to just kind of hold off judgment and just wait and and see what happens with the right with right and see what the diagnosis is before getting too ahead of themselves with what it might be or how long he'll be out or how the raptors are going to react you know roster wise no matter what moves you made last year turbo tax experts make them count did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. And as far as the uh, DeLon Wright injury is going to affect how the Raptors are going to go about uh, sort of going about their rotations, it, it, it's interesting because there are a few things the Raptors can do here. Um, you know, Van Vliet is probably going to be the go-to backup point guard. That's not really a question there. But I think what's really interesting is what this does to the starting five and what it does to Dwayne Casey's rotations that he's run out this season because you could see this kind of being the, the catalyst for a change in, in Norman Powell's role because, you know, Powell's obviously still hurt. He's got the hit pointer. I think he's doubtful for tonight against the Knicks. But 
Uh, whenever he comes back, he, you know, maybe he fits a little bit better if DeLon's out a long time. Maybe Powell fits a bit better on the second unit as a bit of a second ball handling threat, um, as opposed to maybe being wasted a little bit when you could use that extra ball handling next to Van Vliet. Uh, as instead of being the fifth guy next to you know DeRozan and Lowry and Ibaka and these guys in the starting five, maybe you stick him next to Miles and Van Vliet and then throw him out there with like Siakam and Pirtle as your second unit, and then you run out with uh, with OG in the starting five, who seems to fit really nicely there. His defense is incredible; he covers really well uh, for a lot of the things that go badly with the rest of that defense unit he wasn't great against the pelicans and you're gonna get up and downs with rookies of course but i think he's shown at least in a couple games that he fits pretty nicely in that starting five and the upside that he carries with him is really exciting and you don't have to play him with the starters at all times like people kind of get up in their heads over who's starting and who's coming off the bench but like you can mix and match units and things like that and Dwayne Casey's had to do that this season with 12 guys on the roster um, and these injuries are kind of forcing him to narrow things down a little bit just by default and this was always going to be the case uh, you know we were fretting over you know oh there's too many guys playing oh my god there's 12 guys playing this is so bad for continuity and whatever but like guys get hurt this happens and you know, with Powell out now, DeLon Wright, Serge Ibaka is questionable for tonight with that swelling in his knee coming back. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on for sure. I'd like to see the Raptors maybe like rest him on back-to-backs and stuff. We just had the, the back-to-back this week. Uh, the, the Raptors played, of course, Houston and New Orleans. Uh, that was the first back-to-back they've had all season. Maybe that's a catalyst for what's going on with Ibaka's knee. I have no idea. I'm not a doctor. But the next Raptors back-to-back is next weekend against Indy and Atlanta. Maybe this is a time to start resting Ibaka on, on one half of them just to make sure it's okay. Um, and here's hoping it is okay because you need a Baca, but even then the Raptors have Siakam they can plug in at the four. Maybe even go with some smaller units and play CJ Miles with OG and Obi in some sort of stretchy units. Uh, there's lots of options the Raptors have because a lot of these guys are hitting when I didn't expect them to. We talked before the season and it was like maybe like two or three of these guys will be good and they'll hit and they'll play well. The Raptors have had like seven dudes who are were not really sort of guaranteed to be playing regular minutes, or at least five dudes. I guess Powell was always kind of guaranteed minutes, and he's been the one disappointment. But you go up and down the roster, you got OG, Van Vliet, Wright, Pirtle, Bebe even, uh, Siakam. Like these guys, I think, have all played above what you would have expected coming into the season and have kind of popped. And it, it gives the Raptors a lot of luxury and a lot of sort of room to room for error, room for injury, which is nice um, over the course of an 82-game season for sure. Um, so I guess we'll see how Dwayne Casey's going to get creative with his lineups and things like that. But like, I don't think these injuries are insurmountable for the Raptors to try to overcome. Um, you know, obviously, if a DeRozan or someone like that went down, even like Ibaka's injury, I don't think is like that much of a death knell to the team. You need him, of course, over the course of the season because his three-point shooting is so nice. He's been up and down this year, but I think his shooting has been the one kind of reliable thing for him. Um, and you, you got to have Ibaka, and he, he's he, when you don't have him, you kind of feel it. I think a little bit just be in the inexperience that you're going to have with guys like Siakam and Bebe and Pirtle, uh, and you're not going to have a Ibaka to play, you know, small ball five down the stretch that kind of cuts into that flexibility as well um maybe we'll see siakam play some small ball five if the raptors go to that look late in the game um against the knicks i'm not sure you'll go that way because the knicks play big pretty much all the time with chris Stapps at the four so it might not be as much of an issue tonight but um yeah it's a it's a fascinating conundrum for the raptors if they don't have a baka uh, for a long time i'm not sure it's going to be a long time for him it seems like probably a day-to-day type of thing with his knee and just kind of how it's feeling on that day um, but yeah, the, the Raptors are a fascinating team in that they have a lot of different ways, a lot of different players they can play, a lot of different ways they can play and styles they can go to. And I just think like ultimately they're going to be fine. Uh, the fact that Larry's playing so well makes it a little sort of easier to stomach the DeLon injury. Uh, and the fact that you have you know Van Vliet playing decently well the last game, you have Siakam playing 
way beyond what I would have expected from him. That sort of fills in for Ibaka. It's all good. It's all fine. It's 82 games. Injuries happen. And I guess it's better that injuries happen at this point in the season than later in the year. And the fact that the schedule is getting easier now maybe makes it a little, a little easier to stomach as well, too. Because the game's coming up. I mean, there's not that much in the way of, like, difficult matchups. The Raptors are, you know, there's 20 games or so before the new year. I think the Raptors are going to be favorited in, like, probably 18 of them. Um, let me just pull up the schedule here. It, it's not tough for the Raptors. So uh, this is going to be the time, if you're going to deal with injuries, to go into this schedule sort of lull where you're not playing, you know, world beaters for the most part. It's going to be kind of nice. They have, uh, of course, the Knicks tonight. They got the Wizards on Sunday, which is probably their toughest game until probably the new year. Um, then the Knicks again, Pacers, Hawks, Hornets, Pacers, Suns. The Grizzlies have kind of come back to earth. The Kings have been awful. The Clippers are hurt and terrible. The Suns are awful. The Nets are awful. The Kings again, like the Hornets, Sixers, Sixers, Mavs, Thunder. Like, this is not a hard schedule whatsoever. The Hawks to close out the year. Their next really tough game after that, I guess the Thunder is a tough one in OKC on December 27th, but then you have like the the Bucks on on January 1st, and that, those are really the toughest games between now and the New Year. So the Raptors are, are set up here, I think, really to go on a run, even with these injuries. When you have Lowry and DeRozan clicking, which it seems like the last couple games they've really found it, uh, they've really kind of discovered how this offense is going to work for them and how to sort of balance their own sort of shot hunting with the, sort of the general health of the offense. Uh, it's all very positive, I think, and it's uh, it's going to be fun, I, I think, to watch how this team gels into this next phase of the season. Now that the sort of the first part of the season, the really difficult travel-heavy, road-heavy part of the schedule with a lot of contenders on the docket is is kind of out of the way for now. So uh, all good feelings, I think, aside from the injuries, and it's uh, you know it's a bummer, but whatever. You, this things happen, and you're not dealing with like superstar injuries like some teams are. So that's I, I guess a positive for the Raptors. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, let's wrap things up here with some mailbag questions. I got a few in, not too many, uh, but let's get going here. This one from Nathan Sizemore, at Nathan and Sizemore, uh, or it's at Nathan D. Sizemore, or Nathan and Sizemore. I don't know, man. What's your handle? This is a confusing handle. Anyway, if Kyle fought a dinosaur, would he have more, less, more or less injuries than he sustained versus New Orleans on Wednesday? Uh, yeah, Kyle, chill. Just chill. Chill, Kyle. Uh, he's kind of getting beaten up a little bit. And, like Every game, he's taking charges. He's getting kicked in the stomach by Boogie Cousins. He's getting elbowed in the face by uh, Anthony Davis. Like 
I think the Raptors should probably institute something like a charge jar every time Lowry takes a charge, especially if it's like a, like a game that's out of reach. The Raptors are up by 30 or something. There's no need for him to be doing it, but he does it anyway. Um, so like every time Kyle takes a charge, he should have to pay a fine because I don't want him taking charges and, and leading that or having that lead into him breaking down over the course of the season. And I'm sure the Raptors don't want that either. Charges are dumb anyway. Um, Kyle's going to take him because he's, he's always going to take him. That's just kind of going to be the way with the world with him. But man, uh, yeah, he got beat up against the, the, the Pelicans on Wednesday for sure. He was hoping he's fine. He's been wearing like back heating pads, warming up for games and stuff. And maybe this just comes with him being older and, you know, having more pain or whatever. And that's fine. If he can manage it, fine. That's cool. But uh, stop beating yourself up, man. Stop taking charges. Make him pay fines. I don't know. Uh, it's uh, it's very frustrating to watch him go through all this. And uh, every single time he goes down to the ground, I'm like stressed about it. I know he's going to come back up most of the time. But uh, it's concerning. Stop doing, stop hurting yourself, Kyle. You're too important to be taking these silly charges and uh, getting kicked in the stomach by Boogie Cousins. Nice question here comes from Chris Manning at CWM Rights. We know Chris. He's the host of Locked On Cavs, which you should definitely check out and rate and review uh, for sure. Chris, uh, he asks, what Spurs player is most like OG Ananobi? Uh, he's baiting me here. He wants me to say Kawhi Leonard. Uh, not right now. Someday, maybe. Who knows? Uh, but in terms of right now... Maybe it's like, uh, maybe it's Danny Green. Maybe that's like the upside for like this season, OG Ananobi. Like a really good three point shooter who uh, just plays incredible defense. Danny Green's been just bonkers on defense this season. And so is OG. Again, OG shut the hell shut the hell down shut James Harden the hell down on a Tuesday night yeah I think Harden was like 3 of 15 on possessions where scored on 3 of 15 possessions where OG guarded him in that game that's not easy to do James Harden is incredible he blows by everyone he wants um he toys with people with that sort of no man's land that he makes people defend him in because he can pull up from anywhere but also blow by anybody uh but OG was on phase man he's really big he gets into he gets his arms up pretty quickly he can kind of hang back a little longer or a little further back than most defenders can because he's so long and can still contest when he wants to. Um, so maybe like the this season, Danny Green is like his upside. Um, I think OG shooting really well from three this season as well, which is really nice to see. He was like three or four against the Houston Rockets. He's 41.7 from, from deep right now, which is uh, just crazy uh, considering that that was his biggest sort of hang-up coming in, just the weird hitchy release or whatever the fact that he's at 41 percent on how many attempts now it's uh 36 attempts which obviously not huge that's like a college season worth of attempts um for him and you know that's not a a sample big enough to go off of but it's a fantastic start for sure uh and it's very encouraging and i i don't feel like his his possessions are wasted when he's shooting threes even if it comes back down to earth you know he's been pretty good at charge uh, sort of driving against closeouts and making plays out of that you know finding nice passes on the perimeter or whatever to make or dump offs um, him and Yaka Pirtle have that really nice chemistry so uh, OG has like very much a lot of utility I think on offense even though maybe he's not the most refined just yet and he still kind of is a little hesitant at times to get a shot up but 41 percent uh, through 36 attempts through 14 games I mean that is you'll take that a hundred percent of the time um, also I'm not one to really care about this kind of garbage but as I did a list today of the top 15 rookies so far and OG didn't even make it 
Uh, Markel Fultz made this list. Jonathan Isaac was on this list. Um, there's a lot of guys on this list who probably shouldn't have been on there, you know, ahead of OG. OG, I mean, for my money, has probably been like a top 10 rookie at least this season, maybe top 7 or 8, considering his on-court metrics. And this is just kind of his, like, lazy analysis more than I think it is, like, a, a, a you know, something against the Raptors or anything like that. But it's very annoying, um, and I, I wish... Yeah, people would be smarter about this stuff, but hey, whatever. There's no use like sort of fretting over dumb rankings or whatever, or you know, rookie rankings because rookie conversations are inherently stupid and premature and dumb. Uh, but just, just that's one thing that that bothered me today. OG's definitely been a top 15 rookie. That guy's been amazing this season. Um, considering he wasn't even supposed to be playing yet, uh, he's been awesome. So, uh, shouts to OG. Um. And that's going to do it. Uh, I'm out of questions, and my voice is about to escape me, so I'm going to wrap this thing up. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, hopefully we'll have five episodes again next week. I don't see a reason why we wouldn't. Uh, this week was just weird with the Hoop Talks thing yesterday and work and whatnot, but uh, thanks for tuning in. I uh, hope you enjoyed this week's guests. I was very excited about this week's guests, man. We had HP Basketball, Matt Moore. We had Kelly Dwyer. This was a banner week for Locked On Raptors. Uh, thanks to anyone who listened. Thanks to anyone who told a friend. Uh, please tell your friends. That's probably a good way to spread the podcast around, too. Not just leaving ratings and reviews, but like tell a friend. If they like the Raptors, say, hey, I know this great podcast in which the host doesn't know how to speak English and uh, stumbles over his words routinely, uh, but knows one or, th- one, or th- one or two things about the Raptors, I think. So please tell your friends about me uh, and the show. I would very much appreciate it. All right. That's going to do it. Thanks so much for tuning in. Leave a rating. Leave a review on the iTunes page. It helps out a lot. Tell your friends. All that good stuff. We'll be back again on Monday. We'll recap the game against the Knicks on Friday. We'll, re- we'll recap the game against the Wizards on Sunday as well. Uh, very exciting stuff. So uh, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon on Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.